0: It's 12 o'clock in the morning. You smoked all the weed that your lungs could possibly sustain. Drunk two Mad Dog 2020s and had a Red Bull to chase both. You want to eat. But you can't afford $8 and $9 at your local taqueria that makes quality Mexican food. But that same $8, half of that $4, you could buy four bean burritos, one four cheese nachos at Taco Bell. Yes, the food will be shittier. Yes, it will make your stomach hurt in the morning. Yes, it's the equivalent of of drinking too laxative from CVS. But you know what? It will satisfy you for right now. Taco Bell. Are you in good hands? And in the words of SWV, who said in a song some long time ago, they said i get so weak in the knees i can hardly speak i lose all control inside it takes all over me welcome to the greatest voice podcast welcome to the people's paradise thank you for being a part of the family thank you for being a part of the mob i want to let you know right now that shout out to big ronnie he just joined into the twitter live stream how you doing today my bro i just want to let you guys know right now I just did have a pair of homemade shrimp tacos with fries. So if I do burp into this microphone, please do not kill me. Please have patience with me. Those tacos are really good. I was hungry. I just did two hours on the elliptical. So right now, I don't want to hear it. But how are you guys doing? How are you feeling? Um, I don't want to get into like my whole doctor feel. You need to motivate your life and see the sunrise. But before we get into the topics, I just want to tell everybody, Because I'm just kind of having this realization right now. Right now, my life, career-wise and podcast-wise, is going really well. You know, um, shout out to all my new followers on Twitter. I literally got 150 followers in the last two days because of my comments about JK Rowland. So round of applause for that. You know, round of applause for me. So uh, to to all of you guys out there, you know, I do know a lot of my people out here, particularly within the States, a lot of us are going through hard times. A lot of us aren't going through so hard times. Take time to appreciate what you have because most of us, generally speaking, most of us would rather be in more desirable position than we are right now. Even my black ass. But I can't deny that right now I am living with a certain amount of comfort that is just, you know, going good right now. Like I have food in the I have food in the refrigerator. I have a vehicle that can drive. I have a job. Everything is going cool. So take time to appreciate the station that your life that doesn't mean that you don't want to do better, but take time to appreciate where you are at in life because that is important. That is important. That is important for the future moving forward now. And let me know, can you guys hear me? Cause I noticed nobody's commenting right now. Can you guys hear me? Can you guys hear me right now? Or no shout out to Lucky's 24. I suggest doing it. What's going on now with that being said, we are going to have a very, 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 very in depth conversation about just a lot of things right now. Um, I got a lot of shit I want to talk about. You know, I it's weird if I don't do this podcast for two days straight, I always end up getting on here with like a lot of stuff. Shout out to Ronnie who said, okay, appreciate that. So let's just hop right into the main thing that's on my mind that plagues my spirit, that makes me think, nigga, I need to talk to my people. So there is a rapper by the name of 50 Cent. You might have heard of him. I don't know if you you might have known a few of his songs. He has a song called You Can Find Me in the Club bottle full of bub he had a song called 21 questions he got a song hey low-key 50 cents say some wild stuff but he do have some hits like 50 cent got a few classic songs under his belt like but the internet has been in a rave with 50 cent because he went on young money radio which is basically a podcast that little wayne does and he expressed some less than favorable comments about black women about meek mill about Floyd mayweather about the, uh, I, he just was on a roll. He he talked about the bee from Honey Nut Cheerios or honey honeycomb, whatever they're called. Like he just was on a roll talking about everything. And um, the two things that stood out to the most to me was his comments about dating exotic women, saying that black women are angry, and this is why he prefers to date exotic women, quote unquote, because he looks at them as more appealing because it's different, and you get tired of dealing with the same average black woman, and his comments about meek mill and the third thing was his comments about ti after the interview when he was talking about ti and how Fifty Cent and ti want to do a versus battle which i want to talk about so bad because i really want to see who wins that battle let's start with the comments about black women because we all know if you're black if you're african-american you know where i'm going with this i'm pretty sure there's a lot of black women who are watching this right now who know it has been a conversation in the black community for quite some time, even since the 1940s and 50s, when Ella Fitzgerald and Louis C. Armstrong walked the, the streets of the French Quarter in New Orleans. It has been a conversation for a long time that black men devalue black women. It has been a conversation for a long time that most black women, black men will leave a black woman for anything that's light or bright or da- and damn near white. I was reading this book by a guy named Iceberg Slim. Iceberg Slim is a former pimp from, um, I want to say it was Minnesota, some Midwestern city, somewhere where you wouldn't think Black people live at. But, uh but it, when I was going through the descriptions in the like the like the physical descriptions that he have of the women in the story, because it was like an autobiography of his life, and the majority of the women that he found beautiful, he found attractive, he always described as like damn near white or mulatto or Creole or damn near this and damn near like that, and This is a narrative. This is something that existed some odd, what, like 40, 60 years ago. So it's interesting to see that that standard of beauty has not changed that much. Me personally, when you have these conversations, I, you know, black women on Twitter, black women on Instagram, they just... Got in the groves and the raves together and just killed this nigga for all of six days straight. I um, I saw what only the only comment from a woman that really touched me was when uh Regine Carter, who's the daughter of Lil Wayne, who was doing the interview with Fifty Cent, when she got online and said, you know, my black is exotic, my black is beautiful, and I don't need anybody who do whoop, and that hurt me a little bit because. When Fifty Six expressed those feelings to Lil Wayne, Lil Wayne laughed and kind of joked and went along with it. And Lil Wayne's the same person who also said in a song some 10 years ago, beautiful black woman, but I bet that bitch looked better red. And he's kind of always expressed his love for like Red Bones or something like that. So it kind of hurt me to, if you think in death, like that, you're, that your own daughter feels that, this is going to sound weird, but I feel like as a girl, It probably does hurt you to a certain extent to say that your father finds all women that look like you or women that look like you as just ugly or something that's repulsive, which is crazy to me because Regine, Regine's mama, Latoya, Latongue, I forgot her name. That bitch is fine. I mean fine, fine. I can't speak for her daughter, but her mama is fine and her mama chocolate. Her mama got chocolate skin and she's fine. I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to show her something for a long time. And She gonna go Toya. Shout out to Big she said Toya. Yeah, I've been wanting to show her ass something for a long time. She go go marry that goddamn uh, DJ nigga from Memphis. What was his name? Memphis Hits or some shit like Memphis Hits or Knoxville Knox or something like that, whatever. But it did kinda hurt me a little bit to think like damn like you know. York's, Because that probably really does mess with her psyche. That kind of does mess with her psyche a little bit. And so it's... Uh, it I don't know. It kind of sent me through a typhoon and a whirlwind of thoughts of just like preferences and then just ideas of colorism and all these other things. So I think it gets to a point where it's kind of like... um, I guess, shout out the big old man, she said, "K Michelle said he used to beat on her. See what I'm saying? K Michelle said that this man, Myth hits or Knoxville Knox used to beat on her. And I just want to tell you, K Michelle, my beautiful black chocolate sister, I would never lay a single hand on you. Or Toya. Like, no, I lay hands on, I would lay hands on Toya. I would lay a lot more than hands on Toya, let me tell you that right now. But... um. I wanted to do this podcast and I'm inviting people who listen to this afterwards and also people who are talking to me now. Have you encountered issues with colorism when it comes to dating, when it comes to just love and how have you dealt with them? Me personally, I have, you know, I've I've talked to girls who didn't like dark skin guys or didn't like me and they'd be like, okay, cool. But I guess, um, I do. For me, when it came to dating, I've always seen and I'm not caping. Let me tell you all right now. I'm not caping. I'm not a quote unquote ally of all women. And I speak for the truth for women and I show them how much I love them and I care. I'm so not that guy. I can just tell you when it comes to black women, I always saw black is something that's beautiful. Black woman is something that's beautiful because my mother happens to be a very beautiful black woman. My mother was that woman who, when she went to school, when she would come pick me up from school, dudes used to be like, Ooh, nigga, that's your mama. Ooh, your mama fine as fuck. Oh nigga, that's your mama. Your mama fine as fuck. I remember when my mama took me to the Montgomery job course orientation. Niggas, fat ass, fuck niggas, 16, 17, nigga, hopping my mama face. Oh, Femme, where you from, fam? Oh, you got that Calax, accent, you from Cali? Bitch ass nigga, you don't get the fuck away from my mama, nigga. Like, so, because of that, because of all those uncomfortable moments i've always seen black that always etched in my mind is like the first example of black woman is this beautiful thing i think a lot of black men who even when they grow with black moms they say a white woman they might feel that in their own personal life a black woman is not the standard of beauty where they're at or from their personal experience you know what i mean and it wasn't like that for me. Like my mama, like I said, my mama was always a person. When she walked in a room, she stole the show. Same skin tone as me, same big ass, high cheekbones, same thick ass lips. And she always stole the show. Now, when it came to my personal dating life, I guess when it comes to colorism, just naturally being a man, just naturally you're going to meet people who you're not their preference. There were some times when I would get insulted. Like if I was with my cousin and a girl would say like, oh, you too dark or something like that. But it's kind of hard because in that same token, on that same token, I've had girls rush out of nowhere and say, oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so fine. Like, every time that I go to the club, no exaggeration, every time I go to a nightclub, at least one or two girls in that nightclub will say something about how I look. Like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so cute. And my analogy to that is I've been the same skin tone all my life. Like, when I walk into a club, I'm not immediately light-skinned. Or when I'm at, job, when I'm at my work and a girl tells me that I'm not immediately light-skinned. I've been the same dark shade my whole life. So... I look at it as my black is beautiful. I look at it as my black is something to be treasured. Um, That doesn't mean everybody's going to agree. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to agree. Sometimes the people even closest to you don't agree. Most of us who dark-skinned, we know what it's like. So you got them hoes. Shout out to Big me. Say So you got them hoes, JT. Bro, why are you saying it like that? Bro, why are, you say, why, why are you objectifying the women so much? You know, so, you know, why are you saying it like that? Don't, don't objectify them. I do not have the hoes. I have the i have the participators of bible studies i have a lot of christian women but with that being said so it's uh right. so i guess for me personally there are some times where i would get insecure like if, if a girl says she don't like dark skins or some shit like that but it's kind of hard because you know i i don't know man i've, I've pulled, i pull i've have, i've have pulled shout out the K. what's going on bro I have pulled women in some of the most craziest scenarios in the world, bro. Like just the craziest shit or had girls get at me in the craziest way. So it's like I'll take that. You know, for me personally, I'll take I'll take the few girls who say she don't like dark skins when I'm black as fuck, but then I when I know immediately when I walk into this club or when I walk into the mall without even trying, I'm walking out with something. And that's my experience of being a black man. Shout out to I driver How are you, bro? I'm doing good, my man. So it is what it is. I know I have a little sister. Shout out to my little sister. I don't mean to put her business out there in the street. I got four sisters, so when I tell this story, you won't know which one I'm talking about. My sister, she's a cute little girl. She's a cute little girl like me, dark chocolate, dark whatever you would call it, dark skin, whatever you call it. And she's really talented. She's a writer, and she wrote a story on Wattpad that kind of really messed with me. She um she wrote a story about just um like. Like this girl who was growing up in high school and what it was like to go to high school. And the girl's story was is um the girl's story was is um, you know, yeah, I'm this pretty light like, skinny girl and I have green eyes and I have long curly hair and all the boys look at me and all this other stuff. And she was describing this character that looked nothing like her at all. Like nothing like my sister, you know. And it made me feel Bad. That's the only thing when you have these conversations about colorism. It makes me feel bad that this little girl who is a beautiful little girl. Who is a beautiful little girl? Like a beautiful let me tell you something. I would tell you if my sister was fucking ugly. This is she ain't ugly. She's not ugly. She's a beautiful little girl. She's nerdy. She's nerdy. Is she like She like me. She a nerd. But she's this beautiful little girl. And like you don't value, you don't value you look at you look at your beauty as something that's like just totally disvalued. Something that's totally just something to be just I don't know, man. Like I, I tell her all the time, like just the fact that you're 21 and you still look like you thirty people would love to have the skin that you have. Women would love to have the eyes that you have. People women would love to have the lips that you have. So it it makes me feel upset because it's like, you know, like you you're with me. Like, you know like, I'm, like I look at her like bro like you you you're part of me. Like these Man, it's kind of weird because I shouldn't say I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say this. Like, hey, listen, all these same white bitches that want to fuck me, there's white niggas who probably want to fuck you too, bro. Like, hey. so it's 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 a it's a it's a weird dichotomy because it's like you um, it's a weird dichotomy because it's like you just you you um, I don't know, man. Moments like that, reading that, and moments like when I express my likes to girls. I made me really conscious of the energy that I'm putting out. Made me conscious of the message I'm putting out towards black women. I date the rainbow. I've dated the rainbow. I've dated Mexican. I've dated white. I've dated Indian. I Yeah, I dated Indian. I haven't dated Filipino yet. I want to, fingers crossed. But, I, but I'm saying all right, to say this. I try my hardest to show love to black women. I try my hardest to show how much I love. Them. I try my hardest to show how beautiful the love is because how I look at it, regardless of who I marry. Regardless of who I who I plant my seed in, the child that's be, that's born from our union is gonna look is gonna be black. Regardless, is gonna be a black woman, be she light or dark. And I want her to know. Shout out to seeing uh, Big on me said, side note: Have you seen Have you seen Filthy Rich on Netflix? I haven't seen that. nuh But so I'm looking at so I'm looking at it and thinking like, damn, like I have to. I gotta be more. I don't want to say I gotta be more responsible with my messaging, but I'll say. I got it. I don't, but I feel like I always am. Like, I feel like I show black women the most love on my broadcast. I feel like I always do, you know. And like I said before, before I put the clip in this, let me say this. There is nothing wrong with having a preference. There is nothing wrong with having a preference. There is nothing wrong with what you like in a certain kind of type of woman. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, I don't like it when you down a certain other, when you down people in pursuit of that, or when you down people when, when it's unnecessary to down them. Like, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a, a good example of, of, of like I did this because I did this. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. shit There's a girl I know, I will not say who she is, but she looks just, she's Mexican, but she looks really white, like really, really white. And so me and my cousin were talking about her because after a while, I spent like a, some time with her and we were, we were just we're talking. And he's like, bro, you know, would you, uh, would you hit that? And I said, nah, bro, I wouldn't do it. And he's like, why? And I was like, because, bro, like, I said, like, bro, she's Mexican, but she looks hella white and she kind of acts ratchet, and she kind of reminds me of, like, those white girls who try so hard to just be ratchet and be ghetto, and and even after I said that, I felt like, Ugh, like, why did I say that? Like, that's just so fucked up. I don't have to say that about that girl, because even if a person doesn't know what you're saying about them, I do feel you putting that energy out there in the air is something that can be felt. It's something that can be received, and this is a girl who showed me the utmost respect, the utmost love, and so I, I really regret that, you know, so I'm I try to say something nice about her, shout out to her. She's a very beautiful girl, beautiful curly hair, has a nice spirit and all that stuff, so shout out to her. But I guess guess that's just my opinion about that, you know. uh, Colorism is something that's not new. Colorism is something that's not new, you know. I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like if you go to India, colorism is is really bad. If you go to Mexican, go to Mexico. (laughs) If you go to the land of Mexico, colorism is quite the issue out there. When you go to Latin America in general, generally speaking colorism is an issue like generally speaking if you grow up out there if you look more native or more angel you are looked down upon you are looked down as like the lower class in mexico back in the day the bottom of the working the bottom of the classes was was african slaves then right above that was natives then above that were those who just happened to be mixed with european blood or spaniards so you know that's something we can have a whole long conversation about that another day about how just, you know, how certain races use their skin tone or use their their uh, level in race to to equate to their uh, su- supremacy, I guess. Now, moving on from that, speaking of supremacy, speaking of the, the supremacy of races, let us talk about... Um, oh, I wanted to talk about that 50 Cent versus TI thing. Uh, should I talk about that? Uh, let me just sum it up. I don't think they're going to do a versus battle. I would love to see it, but if they did do a versus battle, it would be really hard for me to say who could win because... I feel like Ti has. I think Fifty Cent went honestly. I feel like Fifty Cent has those songs that just hit. I don't think Ti has songs that were necessarily like classic staples of just. Fifty Cent has songs that are just classic staples of just the history of music. Ti has songs that are staples in hip hop culture. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like Ti has any songs that when I listen to, I'm like, oh my god, like that song really is like worldwide song but it's what it is moving on from this nigga let us talk about terry cruz so terry cruz has been on this whole swing where he's speaking out against black supremacy fox news is reposting him that's when you know that's when you know it that's when you know he's sipping the kool-aid fox news reposted him and he's been talking about how he feels like Black Lives Matter is becoming Black Lives Better as like this kind of way to feel like to say black people are more dominant and more better than white people. And I made a video a few days ago talking about just because we want equality doesn't mean we want to be better. We don't want to be treated better. We want to be treated equal. How is that message so hard for you to understand? Terry Crews is somebody who finds himself at odds with the general opinion of the Black Caucus every other month or so. This is nothing new with him. Terry Crews suffers the same disease that I suffered as a child. And to this day, I still suffer it. Terry Crews is a nerd. Nothing wrong with being a nerd. Nerds are great people. We are a great race of people. Nerds are great people. When you are a nerd and you are black, particularly when you are darker skinned, There is a certain amount of annexing that happens as you grow up, particularly if you grow up in the black community, and particularly if you grow up in an urban environment, there is a certain amount of outcasting that is done to you just because they don't feel that you meet the standard of what it is to be a black man. So if you're expressing love in these certain interests, if you're expressing love in these certain genres that aren't necessarily characteristics... Shout out to that Big old Man if You say now you're not telling me nothing. Somebody has to have something on him. Why is he doing this? I'm going. I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. So because of that, because of that, because of that, when you have when you grow up with that natural adversity towards fellow black your fellow black men, even when you grow up and you even when you grow up and you become a man like me, I'll tell you straight up. I speak for black people. I love black people and all this other one. Shout out to America. Say it takes one to know one. Hey, I, and I'm being honest. I am a nerd. I'll tell you, even when you grow up and become an adult man and you're feeling yourself and you're nuts, you didn't broke a few virginities, you still will always feel that feeling subconsciously. You will still have those moments when you go back to the hood or you go around your grand, around your father and his people and you talk to people. and You can be friendly and joke, but you feel that your mind and what you're thinking about is on a totally different wavelength than everybody around you. Even when y'all are talking about the same shit, even when y'all having simple conversations, you'll always naturally feel like, Damn, bro. Do I even fit in here? Damn, bro. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be here. Damn, bro. I don't know if he'd be here. Shout out to Big Omitay. Didn't he play in the NFL? He did. He did for all of a year and a half, but he did. That counts. So he actually, he is. actually his life story is fascinating. But let me get back to that. But so I think, I think that's something that that kind of hurts him. Now, with that being said, because you have that natural, that natural outcast feeling, I think what happens is Terry Crews makes the all lives matter argument. And I can tell you five years ago, I made that same argument. I made that same argument about all lives matter. I made that same argument. What made me stop making that argument was because I just was like, bro, these are two different things. Black men being killed by the people that our tax dollars are paying to black men being killed by the men whose checks are being written with our tax dollars, whose checks whose check whose, whose food in their house is being put on the table with by our tax dollars, them killing us unlawfully is totally different than you going to a poor community and you have the certain quote unquote tribal groups of all these different communities fighting each other for resources or just because they're poor. two totally different scenarios. And I don't think that he's had that revelation yet. Now with that also being said, he also, Terry Crews also walks the trap that I walked to growing up. And I and I had a conversation on here a few days ago. And Ronnie, I remember this when I was talking about my experiences with white people and jobs and stuff like that. When you are the corny, nerdy black dude and you are of a certain height and you speak proper and stuff like that. If you are black, there is discrimination in the workplace. But if you're black also... If you present yourself quote unquote professionally, I'm a a shout to Gabby. You said for me it's very simple. If all lives really matter, we didn't have to screen that black lives matter. Of course, I agree with you. But apparently Terry don't agree with you. So when you're a black and you present yourself in a quote unquote professional manner, you speak proper. I'm telling you from my personal experience. It does allow you to enter certain rooms that other people don't. You end up becoming the token black guy a lot of times. I've been there myself. I've been the token black guy in a lot of scenarios, and I'm not trying to be. It's just I'm being me. Like I can't I can't help the fact that out of all y'all five niggas, they pick me to be the person to stay at the to stick to be at the front and welcome people or to dig tips and shit like that. I'm just being me. What happens also is because of that, you have a choice in a lot of scenarios. I do think that a a portion of what Terry Crews is saying, he's saying because he's in the pockets and he stands alongside a lot of white people that write his checks, that pay his bills, that are his agents, that are his managers. And so he feels like I want to be in good graces with them just naturally. And I do think he's kind of annexing a little bit of his morality, killing a little bit of his morality to do that. For those relationships this is nothing new this is nothing new a lot of us are in partnerships have friendships or have relationships with friends and family where we aren't speaking the truth shout out to gabby Soder, as who said i really like him but that speech that all lives matter is not okay i disagree i i know i agree all lives matter is retarded shout out to Shamshid who said terry needs to just stay quiet terry terry needs to be quiet I do agree. I disagree with everything this nigga says. But it's hard to kill me because everything that he said, I've seen myself say some years in the past. And so it's hard for me just to say, I can't kill him because I understand I understand where that perspective comes from. I can't kill him necessarily because I understand where that thinking's coming from, with that kind of oh, I gotta stick up for white people. I gotta stick up I understand where that feelings come from. But what he has to understand is if you are really talking about equality, hey man, it's some situations where in some situations where you are not allowed to play the middle. It's some situations where the crisis, the stakes are too high to allow you to play the to play the middle. Shout out to Gabby who commented same. I think he needs to listen more and talk. I see your last name. Are you Brazilian? Saudis, are you are you Brazilian? But shout out to Big man who said, what I really don't understand is how people misconstrue the Black Lives Matter movement. Ah ah but um so I say that uh I say that to say this. You know, you get I don't you, I'll be real with you, I don't get that either. Like I don't know how I don't know I don't even know how you I don't even know how you read the message of Black Lives Matter and you take that as saying our lives are better than yours. I don't even know how you take that and, take that and, and get that fucked up. Because I'm gonna tell you something, and this is something I always think about. When I was 14 years old, when I was 14 years old, I went to Jesse Bethel High School. They had a march in Vallejo, California to keep shout-out to the news that same. Ah, oh, que legal. Ah, esa brackets don't shield de brasileiros and brasileiras. Que, que legal. I went to, I went to, we had a a march in Vallejo to stop the deportation of Mexican immigrants. Even though they were illegal, they had been here for some time. Now, with that being said, throughout the march, it was beautiful. I think a black woman sung and all that crazy shit. Not one nigga in there said, well, let's talk about black poverty. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. We talked about the issue at hand. We talked about black people. When we kept... When we talked about black people, when we talked, when them goddamn kids was locked in them cages in Texas, which they still are, those kids that are locked in those goddamn holding cages, which are still are, all those conversations that we had about it, not once that I get on this podcast and say, well, the kids are locked up and shit like that. Yeah, but let's talk about black on black crime. Like, we're talking about this issue right now. We're talking about this right now. Let's focus on this. Clearly, clearly, all, clearly. There are some situations. If I could, if I could have a conversation with Terry Crews, I would tell him this: there is, there are some situations in this world where the middle ground is not an option. There are some situations in this world where the middle ground is not an option. Thank God we are blessed to live in a country where the middle ground. You moving away from the middle ground doesn't mean that you have to pick up a gun and shoot somebody. Thank God that we live in a country where the you moving away from the middle ground doesn't mean that anybody has to die. Thank God for that. Middle ground here just means you just showing support. Middle ground just means you putting up a goddamn tweet about something. Middle ground, you leaving the middle ground, you leaving the middle ground could just be you tweeting in support. You leaving the middle ground could just be you after you getting off of work going to the protest downtown. Thank God in this country that's an option because in a lot of countries that is not. That is not a lot of countries. The two people here who are Brazilian, they can tell you hell. There's a lot of times in Brazil where they might they thinking about fucking launching a fucking civil war in Brazil because of how corrupt the, how corrupt the government is in Brazil right now. So it is what it is. Not saying we're not corrupt because we're fucked it through. Shout out the messiah. But a lot of times the middle ground is not an option. I don't. Shout out to the blit sham said black black crime see justice. We don't need to discuss it. But when police kills us, said with that being said, Gabby Sordi said. Gabby Sorry said, yeah, you know, so thank God for that. Thank God. Thank God that's the plateau. That's why when you have a conversation about Terry, that's why when you have a conversation about Terry Cruz, I don't like that he's going so far out of his way to to humanize to humanize and and say and save to humanize and speak for white people just because either the people that are writing his checks are white or because he has a lot of white friends. Hey man, I have a lot of white friends. I have a lot of white friends. I got a lot of white friends. Before I came to this podcast, and before I left the gym, well, after I left the gym, I went to a coffee shop and all my white friends, <laughs> few of my white friends, we just sat, and laughed, and talked, and kicked it and shit like that. Hey, it's cool. It's cool. We love each other. It's dope. But at the same time, that's not going to stop me from speaking up on issues that I feel are affecting black people and are being helped. You know, so it is what it is. And like I said, it's kind of hard because with Terry, it's a lot of times when I see Terry's Terry Cruz's tweets, it's a lot of situations where I'm like. I can tell he's not. And by the way, to anybody who's watching me right now, if you are enjoying the broadcast, if you are enjoying this content, please click follow. Please click follow. I would love to have you click follow. Please click share too if you enjoy me. With that being said, it's kind of hard when you talk to people like Terry Crew. When you talk to anybody who's in media, it's kind of hard because we all have our own initiatives, sorry, our own ulterior motives. We all have our own narratives that we're pushing. So. I don't know who Terry Crews is pushing his narrative for. I don't know. Shout out to Boston who commented and said, "I'm so glad we found you." You on YouTube too? I am, but for the most part, right now I'm focusing on uh, Twitter right now. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who he's pushing his narrative for. You know, it's the same reason how on Fox and how on CNN and how MSNBC, when a story will pop up that goes against the narrative that they're pushing. That goes against the narrative that they're pushing, they won't talk about that side of the story. They'll just tell their own portion of this or they'll tell their end, end story. So it is what it is. Um, moving on from Terry Crews. I don't know how many of y'all read Harry Potter. I'm a big Harry Potter nerd. I grew up reading Harry Potter. Harry Potter was my life as a child. It was most, the most important thing to me in the world. No say, no say, uh, And to the Brazilians who are watching me right now, El Non Say como Papa como o as Harry Potter em Brasil mas aqui vida não tem razão Harry Potter Harry Potter was very important the author of Harry the author of Harry Potter she got in trouble she's been in trouble for the last few days because she has made some less than desirable comments about trans people and I defended her. Shout out to Gabby. Who said it's very popular here too. Hey, I'm happy to know that. I'm going to tell you side note. I was talking to my homie yesterday and I was debating between going to Belo Horizonte or going to Sao Paulo because I was really serious because right now I'm doing pretty good right now. And he told me something. Now I really thought about it. He was like, he was like, bro, he's like, CO4VOC, si no, no, vem pro Brasil agora. He said, because right now everything's locked down, everything's closed. If you go to the beach, it's going to be empty. The clubs is closed. He's like, bro. If you come to Brazil right now, you are not going to have a good experience. It's just it's just not is what it is. And I wanted to go in two months, you know. And he was like, you know, granted, the situation might change in two months. But for right now, this is just not a good time to come. And it kind of disappointed me because, like, I, I feel like most of my friends from college, they've all went to Brazil and, you know, talked and met their Brazilian girlfriends and stuff like that. Shout out to 85. I go with Stonewall and J.K. Rowling. She says some hateful things. Well, here's my thing when it comes to we're gonna We're going to talk. Let's add some context. We're going to move from Brazil. So moving from Brazil and shout out to everybody from Brazil. I love Pagogi. I love Chiagino. I'm a fan of Tumadu Pagoji. I'm a fan of Roberta Sa. I'm a fan of Michelle Telo. What they're being said, J.K. Rowling more or less does not believe in the idea of transsexuality. J.K. Rowling doesn't believe in the idea of transsexuality and also she is totally against cancel culture. So let me say this, and I'm going to reiterate this point. I already expressed this in the video earlier, but I want to talk about this now. I, just from my own personal opinion, and once again, I am not a champion of women. I am not a knight in shining armor. I'm not perfect. I am none of these things. I'm just a man who happens to have a platform and speak to y'all. I have a hard time criticizing a woman's idea of the validation of or of trans being a thing or of transsexual transsexual women are a thing because it's a woman if a woman tells me that she doesn't that she believes that a man saying that he identifies as a woman and he feels like a woman for whatever reason and et cetera et cetera if she's telling me that she feels like that is not a woman i'm gonna back away and leave it alone and be like okay you know but this is a woman this is a woman so her opinion is more valid than mine i'm i can understand i can understand that i can understand that shout out to 85 er said jk rowling said she would have transitioned to a man trying to lessen the damage i don't know if she said that but that's just a stupid ass comment that she made if she said did say that's a stupid ass comment so my issue when it comes to that is and my point in the video was is. I'm not going to kill a woman if she. I'm not going to kill a woman if she's telling me that her definition of what a woman is, her definition of what a woman is, is not what is not what these transsexual transsexual women are saying. That's what I say. Shout out to Demizi said can't stand fifty. There's a lot of people who can't stand fifty. There's a lot of people who can't stand fifty. I, you missed that portion of the podcast. We spent 35 minutes talking about this nigga. but um. So when it comes to transsexuality, I'm I can't. I'm not going to side with trans. I, I defend transsexuality. I'm, I think respect, I think respect is deserved. Shout out to Jay Shalana said, but isn't a transgendered person with the sex they were not born with? I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't understand it. I honestly don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And when they bring up all these terms, cisgendered and all this other stuff, my mentality is, and I'm said this on the podcast a thousand times. If I have a son that identifies If I have a son that identifies as transgender, I'm going to accept him. I'm going to love him. He is welcome to to every single dinner. I'm never treating him differently. I'm going to love him just like all my other kids are. I have no issue with trans people. I have nothing issue with that. But I cannot side with the community waging war with a woman because in her own mind, from her experience of being a woman, she doesn't feel that they are what she defines as a woman. So I can't kill her for that. This is a woman. It's the same thing with me. I don't want to hear from some little stupid ass white boy, some stupid ass little Asian boy, uh, that they feel black just because they got cornrows and they listen to two chains and they shake their ass in the club and shit like that. No, nigga, you not black. You, for me, you're not black just because you like fucking listening to Roddy Rich. No, I don't want to hear that stupid shit. It's just retarded. Shout out to Jay Shalano who said, "I wonder will black people accept that Megan, that Megan, Megan, uh, uh Markle is is black." I mean I think she's you know I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, let me tell you something that's the funny thing about being black. Let me tell you something. We don't even get we don't even get we don't even got a good idea what the fuck we are. I'm mom my menti- my mentality. Honestly, you you want me you want me to tell you what I think black is honestly. This is my mentality with black. For me see black people in America, we come from the South, the source of hello from Toronto, hello from California. But with that being said, my mentality when it comes to being black is We in America go off the idea that if you have one drop of black blood in you, that that makes you black. Obviously, that's stupid because there's a lot, a lot, a lot more layers to the conversation. For me, what makes for me, what makes a person black for me is if at least your grandmother or at least one grandparent is obviously a black person. If at least one of your grandparents comes from black culture, come is a black man, black woman, be he light-skinned, dark-skinned, whatever, to me, that makes you black. Honestly, that's my personal theory when it comes to that. Now, bounce it back to J.K. Rowling. When they, I only brought that up because I've seen that term where people South the Kimberly, what's going on? Where I've seen that as a conversation among some people that say, like, they feel a different race because... They might have been born a certain race, but they identify so much with another race that they feel like that's them. Case in point: Rachel, Rachel Dozo, and just for me, I don't buy that bullshit. So, as a woman, I can understand if you are a woman and you're saying, "Hey, listen, you telling me that you were born a that? Hey, you telling me that you were born a man, but because you feel like a woman, because for whatever reason you think you're me, that you have the right to identify as a woman? No, I'm not buying that shit. Now, with that being said. That does not mean that you disrespect the person. That does not mean that you shame the person. That does not mean that you d- deny that person's right to exist. Like I said on this, I told you on this podcast. If my own daughter, if my own son says that they feel like a man or a woman, I'm walking through them with the process. I'm going to love them and accept them regardless because that's my fuck. That's my fucking kid. That's my seed. It's like it's totally different. Transfer actually was like what? I'm only shout out to Gabby. So who brought that up. I'm only bringing that up because I can just say that's the closest parallel I can break down to relate to her mentality, to J.K. Rowan's mentality with that, and for me that pisses me off. So I can understand right now. Now, with that being said, boun- bouncing, bouncing, bouncing back, bouncing back to that, to the conversation with that, I'm for that. I like I said, I'm for accepting everybody. I'm just not for the transsexual community waging war and shaming women. Because just to put it simply, they don't buy it. Just because simply they don't believe what you're talking about. Shout out to 85ers who said it takes years for a person to transition, psych reports and medication years and years. And that you know you know that's a that's a thing too we can have a conversation about. Uh, shout out the five five six who said you have a big night planned. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I have a big night planned. But um so when it comes to that, that's my opinion about that. J.K. Rowling also penned a letter where she talked about how she wants cancel culture to stop. She said she wants cancel culture to stop. She says she's against that conversation about she's against people being killed and shamed just because they have a difference of opinion. Now, in that letter, there are certain things that she said that I agree with and there are certain things that she said that I disagree with. I do not think we should take. I don't think we should take away people's rights to say, motherfucker, you are tripping. You don't know what the fuck you are talking about. Bitch, are you serious? I don't think we should take away people's right for that because that's freedom of speech. I do think we should take away the right for you to be fired over a rumor. I do think we should take away the right for you to be fired, for you to lose your fucking job because of a tweet. I do think that i do think you should i do think we should take away that power i do think we should take away the the idea that if you're a person your show can get canceled and you're this and that and that that just because just because of a fucking tweet now there are a lot of negatives to cancel culture there are a lot of negatives but say what you want to there are a lot of positives that you can't ignore the saddest thing about cancel culture is it works it does work and it works sometimes in the wrong favor. I'll be real with you. The only reason the only reason the murders of Ahmaud Arbery are in jail right now is because of council culture. The only reasons why the murders of Ahmaud Arbery are in jail right now are because of council culture. The only reasons why the, the murder of George Floyd is in, was, in, was in jail. It's one of the other niggas who murdered him. This nigga out walking the street buying yogurt at Walmart is because of council culture. Outrage has power. R. Kelly has been sexually having sexual activities with underage girls for like the last 20 to 30 years. We've all known about it. But it took a fucking uh net it took a fucking lifetime special and then everybody tweeting about it, tweeting and talking about it for three fucking weeks, three, four or five, fucking, three, four, five fucking weeks for him to finally get some prison time slapped, and I'm gonna get some charges brought up against him. Just being real. So there are some times where cancel culture is effective. There are some times when it is effective. I have been canceled on Twitter quite a few times. I have been canceled on Twitter quite a few times. My mentality is, is I'm a pundit, I'm a broadcaster, I have my own opinion, and to be real with you, I get on this podcast every other day and tell y'all how I'm outraged or how I feel about a certain situation. It'd be hypocritical of me for me to get mad just because somebody's doing the same about some shit that I've said. I I can't be hypocritical. You are free to get on this podcast. Listen, a lot, half the time when y'all comment here, half the time y'all put shit that I disagree with or that I might or not agree with. Shout out to Denon who said we should hold people accountable. I think that's what the consensus is, you know, holding people. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with holding people accountable. And it's nothing wrong with disagreeing. Bro, half the stuff that we talking about right now, we're still trying to figure out the answer to. Like it's nothing wrong with disagreeing. It's nothing. it's nothing wrong with disagreeing. There's nothing wrong with having disagreements. I don't the the problem. The problem with a lot of y'all, I'm going to tell you, the problem with most people is most people aren't used to dealing. Most, like everybody, like I hear comedians say this shit all the time. Comedians always say, everybody's so sensitive now. You can't crack a joke. Everybody's so sensitive right now. Let's crack a joke. Let's talk a joke. Everybody's so, and let's, and let's. no, it's not that everybody's so sensitive right now. You're being sensitive. Most of y'all niggas ain't like me. I've always, I've always, I've always grown up being a motherfucker that expressed his opinion, be people agreed with me or not. I've gotten into fights and fist fights ever since I was a kid of expressing my personal opinion because I've just always been like that. I don't give a fuck what you think, nigga. This is how I think about the scenario and we're going to fight. Dio Hughley said his sister, Dio Hughley, God bless Dio Hughley. I hope he's getting better because he had contracted COVID-19 a few weeks ago. Dio Hughley said something. He said his sister told him something that was so powerful. And if you are a black man listening to me right now, I I hope you take what I'm about to say to the great. Not to the great, but I hope you take it seriously he said she said his sister told him you can he said if you, as long as you are not scared to take an ass whooping you can do anything in this world as long as you as long as you are not scared to take an ass whooping you can do anything in this world and that goes across the board you can apply it to some situations that are not that are not too wise and you can apply it to some situations that are more wise. I'm not scared scared to get on this podcast and deal with people. That video that I put about talking about J.K. Rowling, it got a 1,000 retweets and likes and stuff like that, but there were a lot of people who told me, you're trying to mansplain everything, and you're toxic, and this toxic masculinity, and this is what we're talking about. You're so fucking this and that, so fucking that. I'm like, bro, okay, hey, listen, free to your opinion. You're free to your opinion. You're free to your opinion. It's 7 billion people in this world. I'm pretty sure most of them are going to disagree with me, but it is what it is. My opinion about things is my opinion, and it's the same thing with you guys. Shout the Messiah said, "You can do whatever as long as you can withstand the consequences." Exactly. Hey man, let's let me tell you something. There, I, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen comedians, I've seen comedians, and I've seen news pundits talk about people, and they get mad because like they might have talked about a talk about the death of somebody or talked about something. Well, i'll give you an example dj academics i love dj academics i love meek and mill i love meek mill but dj academics have to understand that when you're talking about people they have the right to react to you whatever way they want to i don't like that Com- the complex suspended him and twitter twitch blocked him but nigga, he was talking about john legend's wife at the time and nigga, if you're talking about my wife if you're talking about my wife nigga. Me just getting your damn job blocked. Me just having it to where you can't come into work two days straight. Nigga, that's the least that I'm going to do for you. I'm just being real with you. I'm going to tell you, Joe Budden said something. Joe Budden said something a few days ago on his podcast that is so profound. He said the people who are from DJ Academic, because DJ Academic is my generation. The people who are from my generation, the people who are from the 90s, we are a little bit softer. And we don't understand, a lot of us who live on the internet, we don't understand, well, I understand, but we don't understand that you can say something disrespectful about a nigga, and there are some niggas who, when you say that shit about him, they will pull up at your job, nigga, and lay on you. I know a nigga, I know a nigga, He close to me, He my nigga. There was a fight that happened, but there was a fight that... There was a fight that happened between, the, we was at a house party, this one nigga got into a fight with these three dudes, and the three niggas was jumping him. Like, they were just whooping his ass. It is what it is. My homie was recording it. So, he recorded the video and put it on Snapchat. Went to work the next day. The nigga who got his ass whooped pulled up that pulled up on work that same that day, uh, on that Sunday, where the gun was like, hey nigga, take that nigga, to take that video down, delete that shit out your phone. Nigga, I'll shoot this whole shit up. For me, that's obvious. That's obviously obvious obviously an overreaction to somebody putting up a 33 second video on snapchat of you getting your ass whooped for me that's too extreme but i understand hey nigga I, I can understand the logic hey man why are you making this video and laughing and showing of, of me getting my ass whooped and getting punched and shit like that no nigga i'll kill you tonight like what the fuck you talking about? you think this shit's a game like it is what it is I, so I, under, I understand you can't that's the hardest thing that's the hardest thing. Shout out to Messiah's controversy will raise you to the same heights as Love will. That's true as well. That's true as well. Hell, Oprah, Oprah and Howard Stern were, huh? Oprah and Howard Stern were just as famous as each other in the 1990s. You know, to each his own. Teach each his own. To each his own. To each his own. Like I said, man, a lot of a lot of these same t- a lot of these same jokes and shit like that that we be talking about right now. Shout out to the tough guy who said laugh out loud People need to act better now that everybody has a smartphone. Oh yeah, of course. There, man. You're talking to me. I obviously there's I obviously believe there's a certain amount of etiquette that people should have when it comes to this internet stuff like that. But man, it's people are just stupid, bro. Like people are just like people are just bozos. Like it's it's um I don't know. Like I said, I can't I can't I guess to put a button in the outrage topic. You know, I don't know what canceling I don't know what canceling cancel culture would be. I just know I don't think people should get fired from their jobs and laid off because of tweets or differences of opinion. That's what I'll say. I do think we shouldn't take away freedom of speech and take away people's rights to express their opinion and to express how they feel about certain situations. Because if you want to have a real conversation, for me, it's so entertaining seeing all these these white executives and all these white talk show hosts who are getting in trouble because... Either they're, they're, um, we'll say, we'll, let's say, we'll say, we'll say they said something that was racially insensitive in the past, or we'll say that they've done something, just, yeah, just racial insensitivity, or they've done some shit in the past they ain't proud of. Because there was a time 40 and 50 years ago where if you were a black woman or if you were a black man or if you were a woman, period, if you came forward in the 60s or 70s and said, said this Hollywood executive molested me or this person did this to me or this person did that, there was a time, hey, Kelly Kill, shout out to my 916 fam. There was a certain amount of time where, nigga, you would lose your job for that. You would be dissert The fact that Colin Kaepernick reaped... His flower reaped his reaped and and got his flowers within a three year period of his actual protesting. That's a beautiful thing. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. Muhammad Ali lost his job. Them two black runners in the who uh, who those two black runners who won the Olympics in in Mexico them niggas got death threats. One committed suicide. They got statues now. Today they got statues now. But yeah, nigga, twenty years later, nigga, twenty years later, after they didn't, if I had to work at KFC and Popeyes all they goddamn life. And these are Olympically like athletically talented people. So I guess I I I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it is what it is. It, it is what it is, it is man. Shout out the drummer said, forgive the term, but it was called blacklisted. There we blacklisted. You got blacklisted. Blacklisted, blackballed, black fucked, and you will never re- They throw you in that black hole and you would never return. Like you'd be like, what happened to what happened to, what happened to uh, James Hammond? He's done. He don't he, he doesn't have the part anymore. So, you know. But like I always said, man, but I'll like I but like I, I'll say this though, you know, uh and I and I and I'll say this when it comes to that. History history will always History does not look kindly on people who play the middle. And I would tell Terry Crews that. I would tell um, a lot of people that. Like, history does not look kindly on people who play the middle. It just doesn't. It just it just doesn't, bro. It just doesn't. You know, it is what it is. Now, I pretty much talked on my topics. I'm going to open up for Q&A right now. We're going to have a Q&A session. Everybody out here who is listening to me right now, If you guys have any questions, shout the Messiah X who said you must stand on something. Exactly. 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 Be it a soapbox or a Cadillac. Shout the Gabby who said, just to you know, you really shouldn't come to Brazil right now. I, I, I'm thinking about it. I I think think I want to go just because I love Brazil. Like, I love the culture of Brazil. I love the language. I love the people. I love the uh, it, it's just it's just, a, it's just it's just a beauty. I love the culture out there. I love you guys. You guys are just a very sweet and warm people. um any questions? Any guy got any questions right now? We can do Q&As before I close this up, before I wrap it up at 1131, 52 minutes into the podcast. Um, waiting for them questions. Waiting for everybody to type out their questions. <laughs> It'd be funny if I'm waiting for people to type out questions, and right now everybody's looking at me like, no, nigga, you can go. Nigga, you're done. Shout to 85. Oh, that was you who emailed me. How you? How? Oh shoot! Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm down, bro. Yeah, I'm down. I, yeah. I'm sorry, man. That's me being lazy. I'm gonna hit you. I'm gonna hit you back. I, I got your email on my website, but I didn't um respond back to. you. I got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you on Twitter. And when I go back on Twitter, okay, cool. Uh, shout out to Kelly Kelly. I saw your comment. Oh, was that Kelly Kelly who put that? Let me see. Kelly Kelly said, "Are you down on Terry Cruz?" I don't understand. I I. I, okay, Messiah X, I'm going to get to Messiah X, we'll so have to kill it, kill. I, how I feel about Terry Crews is I disagree with everything that Terry Crews is saying. I disagree with everything that Terry Crews is saying. It is hard for me to, it is hard for me to kill Terry Crews and it is hard for me to shame him because I used to have that same thinking like them all lives matters arguments that he makes i used to make those arguments and i do think a portion of what he's saying comes from him trying to stay in the good graces of white people and i think also because he has a lot of white friends i do think personally like i said being a black kid who grew up as a nerd i've had that feeling where what do you mean everything kelly kelly said kelly kelly asked me what do you mean when i what do you mean when i say everything that terry cruz is saying when Terry Crews says that we have to make sure that Black Lives Matter doesn't become Black Lives Matter, and we have to make sure that we're not looking for black supremacy, I think that's the stupidest shit. That our fight for equality can't happen because you're scared that it means that we're gonna fight for supremacy. No, we're not fighting for supremacy. We're fighting for equality. That's so. I don't. I think that's the stupid ass comment. I do think a lot of. Terry Crews, Terry Crews makes a lot of comments, and like I said, I can't kill him for this because I grew up, I I grew up the same way. Terry Crews makes a lot of comments that lets me know that as he grew up, when he played in the NFL or just in Hollywood, I do feel he was accepted more by white people in his personal life than black people, and I guess in his personal opinion, and I've been through that phase before, where I feel like, I feel like sometimes I identify more white people than my own people, so... I get where that perspective's coming from, but in some situations where it's like, bro, this is not what we're talking about right now. This is so far from where we're. This is so far from the matter at hand right now. Shout out to Kelly, said so I feel like he goes topic by topic. I don't know Terry Cruz. Terry Cruz always finds himself. A, Terry Cruz always just finds himself at, at odds with odds with the general people. Shout out to TK Hansen who said. Terry Crews seems like a clout chaser. He got involved in Me Too movement, but yeah, he does. I mean, he's, hey, man, he expresses a that whole Me Too movement thing where he said the, said the guy groped him and stuff like that. I'm going to be real with you. That guy that groped him, t- to this day, I'm going to be real with you. I got to be real with you. That situation where that guy groped him, I have always thought that he misinterpreted that. I, don't, I, I I. really do think that was just a dude who was having white boy fun. If you have hung around white people, they have fun in a totally different way than we have fun. I'm just being with you. White dudes will do shit like you'll fall asleep and them niggas will put a popsicle in your ear. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Motherfuckers. <laughs> dude, fucking dude, you fucking creepy. You fucking lost it, bro. Like, so I... I, I so it is different kind of fun. So I don't know. That's how I always interpreted it. But I just disagree with him. I just disagree with him on a on a plethora of matters, like, but man can't grab guy balls, we don't, we don't play games, we don't play those games, but I'm gonna tell you, if you hung around white boys, white boys play games like that, I'm telling you that right now, nah, we don't, niggas don't play those games, like, you grab my nuts, nigga, I don't like that shit, I've never liked that, but like I said, you know, you young certain people, they play them games, But he just own, you know. I love Terry Crews. I loved him in Friday. I thought he was hilarious as Damon in Friday After Next. But you know, (laughs) it's kind of weird to see a guy who, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, it's kind of weird to see a guy who, in most of his roles, has always played like the most stereotypical of black men in roles. Like he played a nigga who. We, we played a, He played a nigga who just got out of jail and wanted to rape uh, Ice Cube and Mike Epps. He played a dude in Training Day who just literally did nothing. He just stood there and looked, and looked fucking buff as shit and scary and intimidating. It's kind of weird to see him be at odds with the general opinion of black people. But you know, if he's speaking his truth of how he sees things, then that's fine. But I'm also going to speak my truth and say, nigga, I disagree with you totally. So it goes both ways. Now, Messiah X put something. He said he wanted me to talk about something. Messiah X said, they said, real white people know it's a black man. I got black men to stand up for it. Let me see. Talk about black women saying they need more protection from black women. Terry Crews Clu- and Messiah X also said, Terry Crews is all-inclusive type of person who don't understand handling community business. I mean... Kelly Kelly said so he should have done some M- MMA elbow on that guy and left. I think he, sh- I think he just confused a lot of things. Like I said, that's just he just confused a lot of shit. But to your point, when you said earlier, you said how black women feel don't feel protected by black men. Um, and this is a com, this is something that I've heard a lot of black women express that they don't feel protected by us. Um, I'll take it a step further, and I hate when I say this type of shit because I hate. I hate getting on this podcast and saying opinions that I think make me look a little bit preachy or make me look like I'm like the preacher guy and I'm trying to be like cape for people because I'm not that guy. I, I promise you, all I'm, I'm a piece of shit person. I promise you, I'm a terrible fucking person. But I do think in our community, black women are. put. there are a lot of households, I'll say, in the black community, in the black community, and I'll say more than even in other cultures where black women have had to take up the leadership role of the household. And I do understand the sentiment of feeling like, we don't protect them, because say what you want to, whenever a black boy is killed by the cops unlawfully, or whenever somebody's just regular kid is killed unlawfully by gang violence, the first people that's out there stepping is black women whether it's by gang violence whether it's by police shooters whether it's by drugs whether it's trying to raise money for a car when, when our cousin nigga, when our cousins get killed and we had them goddamn car wash just to save up money to have his funeral done nigga, auntie and grandma's out there right there washing cars with her goddamn cane in hand thinking she cute because she wearing some some goddamn um jeans that she bought in 1994. so i think i won't say i won't say that i won't say that black women aren't protected by black men but I will say Black men I'll say black women Are undoubt Undoubtedly The backbone or Shout out to Miska my stuff. Thank you I will say that Black women Are undoubtedly The backbone Of our culture Of our people And I do think As black men We take advantage of that As black men I do think that We don't appreciate that You know um, I can tell you Straight up bro Like I got some Hey I'll be real with you nah, I'm I'm I, I'm independent, man. I live here, got my own spot. I got my car, and I can. But I can tell you right now, I got some. I got some people in my family that'll step for me. I got some cousins out there that'll ride, that'll shoot up every fucking thing, and I got some cousins that'll shoot up every fucking thing for me. If if, if I call them like, hey, bro, I got I got some shit that needs to be handled. But the black woman that's in my family that step for me, the black woman that I got on my fucking team, I got some soldiers. I'll tell any nigga that I got some soldiers on my team. Every. Out of all, I got I got at least four or five people in my family who I say make over six figures or seven figures or more, and only one of them is not a black woman. One of them is my Uncle Richard. He's Mexican. Very long story, very long story. Please don't let me get into it. Very long story. But I got some black women in my in my family, nigga, that's solid, nigga, like some real, real solid bitches out there who really got their own business, who really out here doing their shit. So my respect for a black woman just off rip is, you know, is, is just different. I, you know, I... um. I don't and I and I I'm not saying this like I'm the smartest person in the world but like part of the reason growing up where I grew up that I was able to learn about languages and learn about culture and just learn about even having these kind of conversations and shit like that was because of the black women in my life of the black women in my life that gave me room to nurture my intelligence of the black women who like, if they pick me up, whether I'm in the hood or whether I'm in the suburbs, they dropping off books for me to read. They taking me to the mall, they taking me to the museum. My auntie Lasagna, my auntie Lasagna, she used to take me to the museum all the fucking time and just educate me on just the world. And she used to go traveling all the time, bro. And she used to bring back all these pictures and shit from like, just going to all these different places and lands and stuff like that. Or even my auntie Deborah. my auntie Deborah, she's a nurse and she, and she just used to work so hard and she just was a she just was a solid individual, bro, just a solid woman. So, you know, I uh no, I speak highly to that. Like it's some like I'll tell you the most solid people in my fucking family is black women. Like I got some I'll tell i tell anybody. I got some I got some black women in my family nigga that, that is worth a this worth a fucking phalanx of motherfuckers. For those who don't know a phalanx is this is a, a thousand soldiers in the Roman uh numbers. I forgot that exact number that a phalanx is, but I got I got a I I got a I got a solid family, you know. That's all I'll say. Shout out to my homie Ronnie, aka Big Homie H. You said, "Why is it not the black man's at the backbone for every other community? The the man is the backbone." Big Homie H said, "Why in the black community? Why is the black man not the backbone?" So. I think there are a lot of layers to that. I think that. So. When we have this conversation. We also have to add into another add into another aspect of this. I do think that we have to separate. And I hate saying it like this. But we have to. When we have this conversation, we have to separate the uh, the quote unquote poor black people from the black people who are quote unquote middle class or just scooting by, whatever, whatnot. I say that because if you are on Section Eight, if you are on the Section Eight housing program or just whatever that provides you for low income housing, most of us grew up in scenarios where they wouldn't allow your father to live there with you the father couldn't be there. There were some scenarios where if you applied for Section 8, the father couldn't be in the household. And sometimes in those scenarios, the, the nigga, your daddy will be in your life. Your daddy was for surely in your life, but he couldn't live in the house with you because if he lived in the house with you, then y'all would lose a home and then y'all be fucked up again. Now, I add that because I do see a lot of homes, but even then it's kind of hard though because I seen. I see. I, I was gonna say I see a lot of people who live in the suburbs who whose dad is there, but then I see a lot of black women who live in the suburbs and raise their kids, and the father's not in their life. So it kind of goes. It kind of goes both ways. It kind of goes both ways. It's um, I um, and then also another another thing I got to think about is I don't want to say fatherless homes are rampant, but I will say it is fairly common in America for most of us to grow up in households where our mother and father didn't live together. I live in a very, very small country, small hometown. So most people that grew up here, their families live together. Their their biological mom and dad are married and have been together since they were like 19 or some crazy shit. That's just the culture of this city. But when you go to like the bigger cities, particularly in California, most of us don't have that luxury. You know, most of us, you know, my father wasn't. My father was there, but he wasn't there. Like my dad, my bad. My dad didn't necessarily accept me as a kid because you know he was married to somebody else. He was married to my brother's mom, and so my mom kind of just popped out the woodwork. And then after that, he went to jail when I was seven years old. So that kind of killed everything. And my stepfather came in. My mom had a step. I had a stepdad, and my stepdad was like this nigga was like this nigga was like my stepdad was like the dark skin nigga in every Tyler Perry film. Like he used to beat on my mom all the time. We, used to, we we used to run run away I didn't I didn't slept in hotels fucking, he didn't kick this out on the freeway and we had to have to walk home she didn't run away like it was a whole bunch of stuff so I don't know I mean I um I don't know it's uh I don't know I mean I don't know it's uh i'm I'm saying all this because like I said Ronnie said why aren't black men the backbone I do think, as we step into the future, I do think you see more black men who are stepping up to the... You see, so, he was a side... Ooh, Jason said he was a side baby. Yeah, yeah, I was a side baby. I was a side baby. I was a side baby. But, uh, yeah, he... uh, Yeah, damn. Um, I do think you see more black men in my generation who are stepping up. I do think you see more black men in my generation who are trying to be in their kid's life. But... I do think overwhelmingly black women are put in situations where 98% of the time, 98% of the time, if the the man ain't in the kid's life, the mom is. And I think it's also different because I think for a man, it's easier to say you don't give a fuck about a kid. Shout out to Messiah said, the ones who stuck it out are, but the government did a good job dividing us. What do you mean? Can you break that down a little bit more for me? But, um, I, um, yeah, man. I, uh, we we. I mean, it's. Um, I don't know. That's one of those. That's one of those questions where, I don't have a solid answer to. You know, I don't because I just I don't. It's you know it's. Um, there was you know this. Uh, um, I don't know who told me this. Somebody told me this a long time ago. Yeah, I forgot when it was. This might have been a few years ago. Somebody told me he said what you got to understand is man is. Shout out to Drummer Boy who said, an interesting fact is 60% of kids who come from broken homes smoke weed. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Because, I mean, I don't, yeah, but I'm pretty sure like 100, I feel like I'm pretty sure 100% of Americans drink alcohol. So, it kind of goes away. It's like, I don't think drink. I don't think smoking weed is like a direct sign that you come from a fucked up home. But, I mean, you know, who, who knows? You know, I um, I don't know. I don't know. Messiah said, "Crime bill, drugs, welfare system—all made to take black father out the home." Mm. Yeah, you know when I used to read those stories about the conspiracy, and I want to get into that, but I'll, I'll just say, Kelly Kelly said, "What's the end game? If it's if if as a country we weren't going forward, then now what?" Shout out to 85er who said, do you think racism would vanish if they weren't white areas, black areas, and Hispanic areas? So to each of those things, I'll say this. I do think undoubtedly that we are making progress as a country. We need to have these uncomfortable conversations. We need to have these uncomfortable moments. We need to have these fucking uh, catastrophic moments like these riots, like these shits. To move forward as a country because that's what causes progress. When it comes to the man, I think eighty-five or who said, "Do you think racism would vanish if you didn't have Hispanic and Black hair? Be honest with you, I think I think naturally I think naturally racism vanishes because of that. Because I can tell you, I've lived in four different states. California is the most racially accepting of any state that I've seen in my life, but that comes from over a hundred years of us all living side by side together. So yeah, like it's a lot of black. It's a lot of, a lot of people don't notice. I'm going to say, I'm going to say if you're black and Cal, it's, there are a lot of people, it's hard to explain it. This is like a melting pot, but like every, every, excuse my language, but everybody fucks everybody out here. Like it's, it's people out, it's black and Filipino people it's black and Filipino couples here from like the 1940s or some crazy shit like here. So it's a little bit different. So it's, uh, I don't know, man. I think, I think the, I think the mentality comes from is, um, so why protesting in California? Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, cause we got some issues out here too. I don't mean, right, let me tell you something. I said, we're, I said, we're mostly racist. Except, I didn't say we're totally, I, just said, I'm, I didn't say we're totally, I didn't say we're totally up there, you know, Alright, uh, we got some issues here. We got some issues here too. I don't say we I ain't gonna lie and say we don't now. We do got some goddamn issues, but you know all right. But I will say compared to Arizona, compared to living in Alabama, compared to living in Georgia, we are a lot a lot farther, farther ahead of them than I'll say in most issues, you know. I'll be real with you, shoot. That's the that's the only time I don't mind the quote unquote progressive thinking because when you go to those kind of progressive cities, like when I was working in San Francisco a few months ago. Everybody was fucking cool out there. It was just like, every when you go to those quote unquote progressive areas, the vibes there are always just cool. Everybody is, it's like a, it's just like a breeding ground for just open thought and different conversations. And then on top of that, you see some couples. You see some couples out there that you thought you'd have never seen in your life. You'll go out there and you see a Mexican guy dating like a fucking like Samoan person. You'd be like, how the fuck your mama and your daddy? Like I'm gonna tell you, everybody. If you're from California, you've had this moment. Everybody from California has met somebody that they met and like when they asked them what race they were, they said they were a combination of two different things, but it was like some shit that you couldn't even imagine their mom and dad being in the same room. Like, how the how are you how are you Alaskan and how are you Alaskan and Brazilian? How did your mom and dad even meet? Man, it's a long story. Shout out to Kelly. Kelly said, What businesses can run under these conditions right now? None, none, and that's another negative. I don't think California is going to be the same totally after this whole COVID thing because we can all agree right now in California that we can all agree right now in California that I don't know, man. I don't know if you should. I don't know if they should have shut down our whole economy for this COVID thing. I don't know. I don't know. But all jokes aside, my my voice is starting to get hoarse. I need to drink some water or something. We're gonna. I'm gonna to try to come back tomorrow if I if I feel the inspiration. Come back here tomorrow, bring up a podcast tomorrow, maybe the day after. Much love, peace, and chicken grease. Thank, Thank you for being part of the family. Thank you for being part of the mob. Much love, peace, and chicken grease. Thank you. This is the Greatest Voice Podcast. You guys have been wonderful.